how great it is to see people in the room. Are you happy to be in the room? It's good to see you here. And we also welcome those joining us in the chapel today as well. And then we have our Selwyn campus. So it's great to welcome our Selwyn campus joining us today. And also our QE2 campus is joining us today as well. And then there's all of you who are still at home who aren't part of our gatherings today. Welcome and God bless you. We know this morning's gonna be great. So we're able to gather in groups of 100. You know, I've been saying to the Lord, Lord, we'll take whatever we can get. We'll gather whenever we can gather. And you turning up means you're exactly the same as me. Well, this morning is part of, or part six of our Engage series. And this series came about really as I felt God prompting my heart over a number of months to reintroduce the church to the person of the Holy Spirit. And I remember having coffee or breakfast actually with my my, um, personal advisor, Paul Bennett, and saying, I I was thinking about talking on the Holy Spirit, but I think we're gonna go in a different direction. So we started Engage Series, and as we got started, that's exactly what I felt we were to do, was to talk about the person of the Holy Spirit, not go in another direction. Engage with heaven and engage the Holy Spirit in our lives. That in times we live, our relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit is actually essential. Our strength, does it not? Our strength comes from Him. He enables us to stand firm in our faith in the midst of somewhat challenging times. Are we in any challenging times? We need the Holy Spirit to help us stand firm. And Holy Spirit illuminates Jesus in and through our lives. And we know, don't we, that Jesus is our true hope. I felt leading into this series that many, including myself, and I'll include myself in this, found ourselves striving perhaps for a breakthrough. Some striving for survival, some striving for identity, striving for more out of life, striving in all kinds of areas of our lives. But Holy Spirit, who is our helper, in the midst of all of that, is able to bring calm to our lives no matter what we are facing. And he is able to bring control to what sometimes can feel like uncontrollable chaos around us. When Holy Spirit is present, the peace of God is also present. We don't need to strive, but be still and know that the I am God is with us. Now, can I speak to those for a moment? I won't be everybody who perhaps in this season have felt a little bit fearful. Maybe you felt a little bit anxious at times. Maybe you felt a little uncertain or a little bit disillusioned by the challenging times we face. I just wanna give you a reminder today that God is in control regardless of how things look. He has never, ever lost control. Not for one minute, not for one second. God always has more moves. God is not out of moves, God is on the move. And he has many more moves in store for you and in store for his church. And the light of Christ always overcomes the darkness. John 1 verse five says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. In fact, we each are carriers of that light of the good news of Jesus Christ. The light of life, the light of Christ shines through us. The imagery of light and darkness was commonplace in John's day. It represented the power of good and the power of evil. In other words, the power of evil cannot and will not ever overcome the power of good. We know that in Christ, God has won the victory for us all. 
Christ overcame death. He overcame the grave. He conquered sin, canceling its debt against us. And he sent the Holy Spirit to live in us and to be with us to illuminate Jesus in the darkest places while you and I have breath. Regardless of what might happen to us, the light of Christ will always shine out of us wherever we are, and we are never without hope. So anywhere you are sent, anywhere you go, the light of Christ shines out of you, and there is hope present for people. You may not like hearing this, but the darker things get around you, the brighter your light of faith, hope, and love for people will stand out and shine. As hard as that might be to hear, the tougher the times we face, the greater our witness for Christ becomes. How blessed, I didn't get many amens to that this morning. How blessed are we that Jesus sent us the helper, the Holy Spirit to be in us and to be with us. So our response to that is simply this, turn to the helper. Open our hearts to the person of the Holy Spirit and invite him into every situation and every day. Have you prayed that prayer yet in our six-week series? Have you prayed and invited, Holy Spirit, come, touch my heart again. Holy Spirit, you're welcome into my life, my circumstances, my family, my business, whatever it is. Have you prayed that prayer yet? Because even in your ordinary days, the exhortation or the encouragement is invite his presence. You may just think, I've just got an ordinary day today. I'm not even sure if I need the Holy Spirit's help. Invite him in to even your ordinary days because he puts extraordinary into ordinary and opens doors of opportunity. So we invite the presence of God even into the ordinary. This engaged series is simply for us as a church to recognize we've not been left alone, to suffer through or figure life out on our own. We have the Holy Spirit's help. One of the awesome things about the Holy Spirit Among many being present in our lives is that Holy Spirit equips all of us, every single one of us to live a godly life, to live on mission, and to live in community. Without the Holy Spirit's help, it's pretty hard to live a godly life, it's pretty hard to live on mission, and it can be difficult to live in community because we're all different. But Holy Spirit equips and enables us to live missionally, to live godly, and live in community. He equips us to be effective in the expansion of God's kingdom, the rule and reign of Jesus Christ on the earth. And he wants to use you personally, whoever you are, no matter your background, no matter your circumstances, no matter what you're walking through, Holy Spirit wants to use you in the endeavor of expanding God's kingdom in the earth. Nobody misses out on being used effectively by God. Regardless of your background, regardless of your circumstances, God has a plan for your life which is developed and worked out in relationship with the Holy Spirit. So how does this look in practice? What does an equipped life look like? Well, I want us to look at what God has given us through what we call the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has gifted us. The Holy Spirit has equipped us. The Holy Spirit enables His church to be effective in the mission of God to reach the world and to bless one another in community together. Now, there's a lot I can say on this topic, and I pray today that you would simply catch what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you. I only have enough time today to begin the conversation about spiritual gifts because there's a lot to say about spiritual gifts, and perhaps over the coming weeks 
our teachers and our campus pastors will be able to dive into this a little deeper than I can do justice to today. Today is really just opening this up, starting us off. But I encourage you personally to study and pray in Scripture in this season. Study, read 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14. Read Romans 2. Read through the passages of Scripture and pray and ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate truth to you. Why study and pray? Well, we learn truth, but application comes through illumination or revelation. See, we need the Holy Spirit's help for the sacred text to come alive. It's not just a book of stories. It's not just a book of rules. It's alive and powerful. So when we study, when we read the word, we invite Holy Spirit's presence to be with us. Hebrews 4.12 says this, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our inmost thoughts and desires. Did you catch that about the word? It's alive and powerful. It's, it's active. It bears its weight on us. It opens our lives to Jesus and activates and changes our lives to have right desires. So as you read the word, my exhortation today is invite Holy Spirit's yeah, presence yeah, yeah. to be with you and to illuminate truth. Don't wait for the preacher to preach on them. You learn. You read. That's the beauty of having God's Word available to every person. We have a freedom to read the Word of God. So you learn, you read, you ask Holy Spirit to illuminate the Scriptures to you. We need another generation to grab hold of this. And so I don't just read it because I was told to read it. I read it and I invite Holy Spirit to illuminate the truth in my life. Okay, our text for today is 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1 to 11 says this, now dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. I'll just find my place. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts but the same Spirit is the source of them all. Uh, There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else an ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Long passage. And there are many gifts mentioned in Scripture. We see in this passage, nine gifts given. However, if you read through Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, or Romans 2, 6 to 8, combine those listed gifts, you'll get to about 19 gifts of the Spirit. 
And we can take from this that Paul is not necessarily giving us an exhaustive list of the gifts that the Spirit gives. We have miraculous or what we call sign gifts. We have serving gifts. And we have five-fold ministry gifts designed to equip God's people. To do what? To bring us to maturity and to help us become more like Christ. We have the apostle, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist, and the prophet. But I want to say this, all of the gifts, regardless of what they are, were given with the purpose of building up and strengthening God's church and the expansion of his kingdom on the earth. The context to this passage that we have just read is Paul is teaching here in Corinthians because the church of Corinth had asked Paul about the special gifts of the Spirit. And right out of the gate, Paul gives a twofold explanation to test if somebody is led by the Spirit of God or by a different spirit. I love this about Paul. He takes every moment to train, to teach, and to equip the church. See, the church at Corinth, many had come from worshiping of idols and pagan gods, and they had experienced the effects of evil spirits. So Paul is saying, I want you to be able to discern if someone is led or filled with the Holy Spirit. Notice it in verse three. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus. And no one, this is the illumination, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Again, we see here the illumination of Jesus. Whenever the believer is filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit makes much of Jesus. So Paul establishes this foundation for knowing and discerning if someone is filled with the Holy Spirit. When we make much of Jesus in our lives, when he is the center, we've been talking about this a lot, when Jesus is the center of our lives, we are making much of him because of the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives. That's the plan for mission in the world, that we would go into the world full of the Holy Spirit and make much of Jesus wherever we go. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He illuminates Jesus, makes much of him, and we do when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Spirit. It's the illuminating work of the Spirit to put Jesus on display. Then Paul begins to explain where the gifts come from. You probably picked them up, how we receive them. The Holy Spirit is the source of them all. These don't come through an apprenticeship. They are matured and sharpened by discipleship and mentoring, but you can't earn gifts by like, like you do a diploma. They are given to each one of us by the Holy Spirit according to the will of of God. Now, the objective of the gifts of the Spirit are to serve Jesus by blessing people. That's the serving Christ through the church. Every gift is to be used in service of Jesus and to bless others and not to be used in self-service. When our gifts are used for anything other than serving Jesus and blessing people, it's an abuse of the gift. The gifts should be used to build up and strengthen the church, not the individual. They are used to strengthen and build up the church, God's people. Verse seven says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can what? Help each other. The gifts were always given to bless each other, never designed for selfish gain. And if we hold our gift back and don't exercise it, if we don't use it in community to bless someone else, we are neglecting the purpose of our gift. The gifts are given for the good or the profit of the church. 
And the church is God's plan for the expansion of the kingdom of God here on the earth. The church used in context in Corinthians here is ecclesia or the gathered church. This is not I am the church just on my own. Paul is speaking to the gathering of God's people. He's saying in community, we bless one another and we build up the church and we strengthen the church. We all bring our gifts together. You cannot do it on your own. You don't have all of the answers. We need each other. He's saying the gathered church brings all of the gifts together to bless God's people, to strengthen the church. So when the church becomes the scattered church, it's empowered to expand the kingdom of God on the earth. See, this was Paul the Apostle's heart. I love this about Paul. He was passionate about the gathering of God's people. That's why we're passionate about gathering whenever we can gather. See, we're each given different gifts that work together in community to build up the church. And it's the Holy Spirit who gives you the desire and the power to do what pleases God, to use your gifts for the benefit of others. As your pastor who has the privilege of preaching the word in church on a regular basis. I've been given an ability to communicate scripture and I'm so grateful for that. But that in itself is not enough. If it's just my gift alone, it's not enough. I need the person of the Holy Spirit present on my life and working through my life. See, good communication can motivate you. I could motivate you to join a serving team with good communication. I could motivate you to give financially to the church with good communication. But if all you get is motivation, it won't sustain you or transform you. After four or five weeks, it's more than likely to fizzle out. But if the Holy Spirit illuminates the word, if he gives you revelation, he will transform you and he will sustain you to a place of continuing service year after year. While there's a world to reach, the Holy Spirit will keep giving you the strength to serve Him, continuing in your ministry till the end. That's why at the end of this morning's message, we're gonna pray for the illuminating work of the Holy Spirit. We're gonna invite the Holy Spirit to release our gifts and to fan them into flame that again, We would have a sustained passion in serving Jesus through the church for the benefit of others and the expansion of his kingdom. As we emerge from lockdowns, we would be ready to go. If you're listening today and you're wondering, what is my gift? You know what? You can go to our website and on our website, you'll find our Next Steps platform and you can take a spiritual gifts test on that platform that will help you determine what gifts you might possibly have. And now it's just a tool but it can be a helpful tool in the process. Now, after Paul had spoken, Paul the Apostle, that is, had spoken about the gifts, he then gives a great truth at the beginning of chapter 14. This is why I'm encouraging you to go and read. And this is what the Lord illuminated for me this week. 1 Corinthians 14, verse one. Let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities that the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. I love this. After all is said and done, regardless of all the teaching in the world and all the gifts in the world, let love be your highest 
goal. He goes on, doesn't he? He says, if you, if you have not love, you're just a resounding gong and a clanging symbol. Love is the highest goal of them all. The church is to express the love of the Father to a hurt and broken world. That's the greatest gift I could ever give the world, is for them to know there's a God in heaven who loves them. Let love for people and love for God be your highest goal above it all else, but, but, but desire the gifts of the Spirit. Paul is writing this in the context of a church that's actually got really toxic. It's really unhealthy. In fact, it's dysfunctional, the church at Corinth, and it's totally immature. And you sometimes look and read and you study this, you think, why didn't Paul just shut down the church at Corinth and start again? Put some new leaders in, Paul. Get a, get a fresh start. Bring them back for 12 months. Let them get healthy. Let them mature and then sow them back out. But Paul loved his church so much. And he taught them and he corrected them and he trained them. He didn't leave them on their own. And this is the context to which Paul is writing. He's saying again, desire the gifts but the context for the rest of chapter 14 is correction. He wants the church to desire the gifts of the Spirit, but have the right motive. He's saying you're speaking in tongues, and you're in your ecclesia, and your gatherings, and you're edifying yourself in pursuit of a personal experience. But no one who comes into the gathering of God's people can understand a word that you are saying. He's saying, actually, you know what? In the gathering of God's people, prophecy is better. It builds up the whole church and everybody can understand what you're saying and be part of your corporate worship. This is the context that he speaks into. Desire the gifts that bless and build up the church. This is what Paul's saying, desire the gifts. Nothing wrong with the gifts of tongues. In fact, Paul says, I give thanks to God that I speak in tongues more than any of you people in Corinth. But he said, that, which is, by the way, tongues, a Holy Spirit-inspired utterance or a language is where we get the idea of our heavenly language. Paul thanks God for the gift, but then he qualifies where he uses his gift. He says, 1 Corinthians 14, 19, but in a church meeting, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words in an unknown language. Yeah. See, Paul's heart was always that God's people would be outward focused instead of inward thinking when it comes to the gathering of God's people. But Paul is saying this, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. That, that's a good thing, church at Corinth. That's a good thing, but what's your motive? And then there's a caution that I felt the Holy Spirit give me. And that's to say to you, church, this, don't despise the gift that you have been personally given by the Holy Spirit. See, it's so easy to elevate certain gifts over other gifts. And this was the situation in Corinth. They were using their gifts for exhibition and not for edification. Those with the miraculous gifts or as we would say, spectacular gifts, thought their gift was more important, more special, and doing so, we, we can belittle the other gifts as less important. And I know this temptation is still around today. Honor of a gift is not the same as equal value. All gifts given by the Holy Spirit have equal value and are God-given as He saw fit to give. But if we end up wanting only the spectacular gifts, we can diminish or even despise the gift that is on our own life. Delight in the gift that you have. If it's hospitality and that's your gift, delight in it as your gift opens the hearts of people to receive the word of wisdom or prophecy or to find faith 
in Jesus Christ. Craftsmanship, if that's your gift, delight in the gift you've got. Don't say, I've just got a practical gift. No, it's a spiritual gift given by God. Our Selwyn office, which had a working bee yesterday, and Dan Sissons led that, and Pastor David Bennett's was there, but I don't think craftsmanship might be his gift, but he was there helping (laughs) yesterday. But we saw that gift in operation to help build the church and expand the kingdom. It was the same with our QE2 campus when we were getting that ready to launch. That practical gift used to bless others is an essential gift, and it's a gift from God. If it's the gift of mercy, there you have my glasses, by the way, just continue to roll down my face. If it's the gift of mercy, delight in the gift you have because your patient and your compassionate disposition to care for those in the greatest need transforms life. If it's giving is your gift, being generous in every season as your generosity releases the gospel to people and helps build the church's reach into the world. Whatever your gift, delight in it. Never lose sight of the fact that your Holy Spirit-given gift is to build up the whole church. We need each other, and we need all the gifts to operate together for the expansion of God's kingdom and the building up and strengthening of His church. You all have different gifts, gifts, and we all have different talents. You, You are no less important or disqualified because you can't preach like David Bennett's, you're no lesser than because you can't sing like Zusha Knowles. We should eagerly desire gifts, but not allow jealousy of other gifts cause us to despise the gifts that we have in our life. Perhaps you have hospitality or generosity, giving or helps or craftsmanship, but you want to raise someone from the dead. Like that's been your goal. I've got these other gifts, but I want to raise somebody from the dead. I see it like this. That's like getting a gift as a kid at Christmas. Your parents know you so well. They picked out a gift that they thought was perfect for you, and you unwrapped it, and you said, oh, I got the pink one, and I wanted the blue one. And yet your parents are like, I know that the pink one's the perfect gift for you, and what you do is you set aside the pink gift, and you pursue the blue one for the rest of your life. And your parents are going, no, the pink gift was perfect for you. Don't despise the gift that Father has picked out specifically for you. God knows exactly what gift you need. See, there's no elite professional more gifted and special than others that should be elevated above another. We need each of us, we need all of us to bring our gifts, the whole body of Christ serving together for the benefit of one another and the expansion of the kingdom of God. Now I have to stop this morning Uh, You know, here's what I felt God say. We don't have to rush through the series that we're in. In fact, I feel like, honestly, God is building a foundation for us as a church right now. And and I feel like we're not gonna rush through what God wants to do. We're gonna keep seeing the person of the Holy Spirit released in our midst to do a work in our hearts to get the church ready for the days that are ahead, to keep preparing us to stand firm, to put Jesus at the center, to illuminate him wherever we go. We're gonna allow time for God to do what God wants to do. And, uh, and we're gonna keep trusting him, so we're not gonna rush. And I hope also as you dive into scripture for yourself, that the living and active word, you would receive firsthand revelation through this season as well. That the word of God would come alive to you in the midst of this season. Worship team, can you come back and join me? And I'm not finished, so just hang in there. 
You know, Holy Spirit wants access to all of our hearts. He wants us to hunger for more of God and the more that God has for us. You know, I wrote this morning something I felt the Holy Spirit prompted my heart. It may not have been part of your church background in the past to pursue the person of the Holy Spirit, but I felt God say it must be part of your present church life and your future church life. In this season, Father wants us to pursue the Holy Spirit with passion and not just for ourselves, but for everybody as well. It's a collective invite to the person of the Holy Spirit. And it's simple, and we just say, Holy Spirit, have your way in and through us. Holy Spirit, we want you to work in our hearts, through our hearts, through our lives, and through our church. Would you stand with me if you're able? In all locations. In campuses, you're just gonna stay on board for this next wee bit. Would you just posture yourself in a way, faith, I'll just let you know now, you might be standing up for several minutes. So if you need to sit, you are welcome to do that. But let's pray together. Holy Spirit, right now, we simply say, Holy Spirit, have your way in us. We are simply saying, we're here, Lord, and we say, have access to our hearts. Would you come and would you fan into flame the gifts of God in our lives? As Paul reminded Timothy to fan into flame the gift of God he had received with the laying on of hands. Would you equip your people now, Holy Spirit, I pray. Would you refresh us, those who right now need refreshing, I pray that you'd pour out a fresh sense of your presence right now on your church and on your people. I pray that you would realign our focus on the things of your kingdom. Give us laser focus on Jesus right now, I pray. Would you refire our passion for the gifts of the Spirit that you've placed in each one of our lives. Lord, if we've become selfish in our gifts, in any way, for any reason, we just simply right now say, Lord, we're sorry. We're sorry if there's been selfishness present in the use of our gifts or we've lost the purpose of our gifts. And we just simply say, Holy Spirit, you have access again. I wanna use my gift for the purposes of the expansion of God's kingdom and to be a blessing to those around me. If we've despised our gifts because of jealousy or disappointment or because we felt overlooked, we turn from despising the gift to embracing the gift again with gratitude for the gifts that you've placed on our lives. Holy Spirit, thank you that you've gifted every person with spiritual gifts. We thank you now. We say thank you for what you've put in each of our hearts that you wanna use us and work through us. And prophetically, I just declare, Lord, release and refire the gift of apostleship, that pioneering spirit. Refire, refresh the gift of administration, this ability to bring order to things that are in chaos, to make sense of things that don't make sense. I pray you would release discernment as a gift to people and refresh the gift of discernment in the days we're in, I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, for the gift of encouragement or exhortation, I pray right now that you refresh, refire and release the gift of encouragement. Lord, the gift of evangelism, I pray it be released to people right now. Would you refresh the gift of evangelism and would you help every person, as Scripture tells us, to be passionate about doing the work of the evangelist 
in Jesus' name. Father, would you refire, would you reignite the gift of faith, this ability to believe you for the accomplishment of what seems impossible in the natural, the ability to trust you to provide the answers when the answers don't seem to have come yet, that gift of faith, would you refresh it to people? I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, we refresh and refire the gift of giving, that generosity gift that builds and expands the kingdom of God. Would you release that afresh to people, I pray, the gift of hospitality that opens hearts and brings down barriers. Lord, would you refresh those who right now have the gift of hospitality? And even as I say it, I feel that it's some that you look at your gift and think, it's not that spectacular. And yet as you serve people, as you love people, as you make people feel welcome, the barriers that they've put up come down. Their hearts get open and they receive the word of wisdom or the word of faith or the gospel truth of who Jesus is. Lord, would you refresh and honor the gift of hospitality? Would you release the gift of knowledge afresh? And Lord, would you refire the gift of leadership, I pray? Reignite the passion of the shepherd or the pastor, I pray, to help God's people through a difficult time. Would you release the gift of prophecy? And I pray for all those right now who desire this gift because we can all prophesy. I pray, Lord, that you would release the gift of prophecy to people, to those who desire today to build up and encourage the church and build up and encourage one another. Would you refresh the teacher gift, Lord, this ability to bring understanding into people's hearts. Would you refresh and refire the teacher gift in Jesus' name? Lord, serving and helps. Would you release a fresh passion for serving and for helps ministry? Let it be released to us that we would carry the weight of ministry to a broken and hurting world. Lord, would you release mercy afresh today, I pray. Refire those with the mercy gift to be compassionate and caring to the hurting in Jesus' name. Lord, would you release the gift of wisdom and anyone who would ask for wisdom shall receive wisdom. So right now we ask for every person, if you wanna receive wisdom, would you just lift your hands? Lord, would you, would you release to these people right now who have a hunger for godly wisdom, release a fresh wisdom from heaven in the days that we're in. Would you give us great wisdom and great understanding, I pray. Be released to them now, I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, for the gift of tongues that builds us up and edifies us and the interpretation of tongues, would you release that to your people right now? In Jesus' name, would you refire those gifts? Would you release the gift of miracles among us, I pray? Release and refire the gift of healing. Lord, we wanna see a breakthrough in the area of healing. So we reach out again to you, Lord, and we just say refresh every gift and all the other ones, craftsmanship and all the other gifts. Would you refresh them? Would you refire them in Jesus' name? And above all else, we desire to be people of love to a world that so desperately needs to know the love of the Father for them. Holy Spirit, release a fresh wave right now of the Father's love across our lives and across our church. Love over us all today in every location and those online. A fresh touch of the Father's love upon every heart in Jesus' name. And as we're about to sing this morning, you know, if you're in one of our four, phys or our, our four physical locations, today. I want to invite you simply to come to the front for prayer. I've been longing for this for a long time. This series was meant to be about laying hands 
on God's people and imparting something and believing for breakthrough and believing for a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. And this is the first time in our four locations that we can actually gather as God's people. And right at the start of this series, I said, let's not be passive, let's be active in our response to the Holy Spirit. And I, I, I released a word where I felt the enemy was challenging God's people for the response of their heart. But our responsiveness is what's gonna break through in a release of the Holy Spirit. So let's not be passive, let's be active. I don't know what your needs are in every location today, but I'm just simply encouraging you. You're welcome to come out the front and receive prayer. Perhaps you just wanna kneel in God's presence in a place of surrender. If, that want, if you want that posture, come out and kneel at the front. If you're at home, that's a way that you can also respond today. It's a simple surrender, say, Holy Spirit, come and have your way. Perhaps you want prayer this morning in any, for any area of your life. We wanna pray for you. We wanna believe for the Holy Spirit to touch people's lives. Whatever it is you're looking for, Holy Spirit is here. So let's be responsive. Let's reach out. If you need healing today, I wanna pray for you in this room and there'll be people in all the other rooms that wanna pray for you to be healed. If you're online, send us a message, send us an email saying, I need prayer in this area. Don't, don't just let this moment pass you by. Your response doesn't need to be passive either. Even in the chat, you can say, I need prayer in this area. Somebody will pray for you. But if you need healing today, come forward because we would love to pray for you. We're gonna sing fresh wind. And don't we need that? Fresh wind of the Holy Spirit. So as we sing today, this is your moment. That's great. Just to respond to your need of the Holy Spirit while we worship God together. Campuses, we're going to hand back to you so you can minister in your room. But let's really worship God together this morning.